Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Was sponsored by Hatton James Legal. That's Hatton James Legal. For all your employment law needs, please go to hattonjameslegal.co.uk. That's hattonjameslegal.co.uk. And for all your podcast needs or podcast fix, go to srbmedia.co.uk. That's srbmedia.co.uk. King of podcasts. And you can find any type of podcast pretty much um, a, a, a vast variety from uh, football soccer speedway music even some wrestling and obviously mma okay and the usual uh, channels to contact the show is email the mma show seven the mma show seven at gmail.com uh, the mma show seven at gmail.com twitter handle is at the mma shower at the mma shower and facebook uh, page is let's talk mma so if you do a search on that on facebook you'll get to our page so it's let's talk mma and um, yeah keep your questions coming we've got a a few questions for this particular episode and uh, what we'll be doing in this episode is previewing ufc 258 uh, which takes place on february 13th at the ufc facility in las vegas apex and that is Usman versus Burns, um, which originally should have been last year, but I believe Burns got COVID, if I remember correctly. And uh, yeah, beyond that, we'll also um, review UFC 257, which was Poirier versus McGregor, which was a, I wouldn't call it a very good fight, but it was an extremely effective and uh, um Great game plan that uh, Poirier had, so uh, but we'll talk about that. And we've got a few fun questions as well. So before we get into the main uh, crux of the show, um, of the podcast, let me introduce the co-host, and it's uh, Matt Penny from PurelyMMA.co.uk. Hi, Matt, how are you? Yeah, all good here, mate. Pleasure to be back. Um, uh, what a month, what a kick-off to the year we've had, and... Uh, bit of a weird event this one in three announced fights and there's 10 days to go so i'm not sure uh, what they're planning to do with the rest of the the card but um yeah it should be an interesting main event for sure yeah and uh, i think uh, what gives it a bit of a, a story is that it was originally planned for last year wasn't it was it last april or may or something around there yeah i think i think i'm right in thinking that Usman was injured as well in various points throughout the year yeah, okay. And that's when um, Masvidal stepped in to fight Usman in uh, in Abu Dhabi. 
yeah. Quite sure um, motives, I believe. Yeah, the fairly one-sided uh, fight that was, you know, but Masvidal's game and took the fight, which is, is fair enough, but he probably could have waited and had a bit more of a fair crack at it, I think. Mm. I think it was 10 days notice or something like that yeah yeah it was very quick yeah and he, he probably could have waited he didn't have to take it but you know what he's like yeah and they offered him a few uh, greenbacks as well I believe yeah 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 so that would have helped okay um, what we what we're going to do is we'll get to the main event of uh, as you say it's a fairly sort of a light card um, so we're going to focus on the main event, and uh, but I want to recap UFC 257, uh, which we said we'll do in the last podcast. And uh, first of all, I mean we, we'll get into the fight, but do you think McGregor's um, from what you saw? From I mean we can only see the you know the close-up uh, embedded and interviews. Do you think he was? His prep was there and his, his mindset was there? No, no, I don't think it was. I think I think he was looking past Poirier. I think he is now at a stage in his life, uh, which I think I mentioned it in the, on the preview. Um, he's got his kids who he, who he adores and, he, you know, he's, he's really now a family man. His whiskey's doing better than ever. He's surrounded by different businesses, right, left and centre. Um, I, just, I just don't think his, his full concentrations on it I think he was looking past Poirier I think he was already looking at other options for his next fights and I think he had this doctrine of you know this is going to be a season for me this year is going to be a season he said it last year uh, so I think he, he thought it was just going to be an easy you know couple of rounds and done I, I, I think he's at a point in his career now where he is surrounded by yes men um, in, early on in his career he's, he was in a point where they could say no to him and say well look this is the way you should do it but I think now he's at a point where he's surrounded by people who just say yes to him all the time agree with what he says and I know he's been with the same team for years and years and years and you know John Cavan has been there for years and years and was there for his success but also he was there for some of his worst performances and the Connor the build-up was huge and, you know, everything we heard from all of his team and even Dana was saying, you know, this is the best Connor we've ever seen. You know, he could beat two or three versions of the past Connor in one night. But in reality, it was the worst we've ever seen. You know, even the uh, version of Connor that we saw against Habib was better than this one. And that that Connor was, you know, drinking a bottle of whiskey every week. You know, he said himself, he was on, you know, he was drunk every night leading up to that fight. So... This was a huge step back. He's trying to brush it off and say, you know, I'm really looking forward to the trilogy fight and everything. But I, do we need to see that? Do we, you know, we've we've heard now lots weeks and weeks of it. You know, this is the best con we've ever seen, and it was one of the worst. So I think his his stock dropped significantly, mm. um, especially among you know, obviously core fans will always be there. Yeah. You know, for 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 listeners who don't know why I. My story, I was, I was a fan of wrestling like WWE since I was a kid. It got boring, sort of 2010. I transferred over to like boxing and MMA because I wanted something a bit more legitimate, something a bit more violent, a bit more, you know. A bit, a bit more, more real, a lot more real, yeah. A bit more real. Yeah. And, you know, Connor was one of the guys coming up on the, the scene at that point, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013. So I was a real fan, not just a, a hype fan. Mm. You know, a later fan that just jumped on the bandwagon. 
so to see that performance it was you know it was gutting to be honest it was disappointing to see such a, a bad badly executed fight yeah yeah and and also you you mentioned he was he was looking and he, he obviously was looking beyond Poirier and, and he I think in one of his interviews he said it'll be quicker than last time or 90 seconds or something ridiculous um, that he was going to finish him, finish him this time. But also he was actually seriously talking about the, the boxing match with Pacquiao during fight camp. Yeah. So he wasn't yeah, just we, talking MMA fights, he was talking boxing as well, which was, you know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know... The, Khabib even their fights have we've humbled Conor now this you know will never be the same and he, he hasn't actually been the same at all he has been this humble guy and you know I know he's been trying to clean up his image anyway because of all of his business uh, ventures but I just I don't know what is missing but the cowboy fight was obviously great but it was against a guy who's you know like five years past his prime and you know really way past past that Dustin is somebody who is still fighting actively and still hitting a prime of his career. Arguably after the Conor win, he is now in his prime. Um, so it's just, it's bizarre. He, he was looking past Dustin and he, Poirier came out with a great game plan. And I always, I, I, I've always thought that leg kicks are underrated and not as used more than it should. You know, it should be used mm. a lot more and it was used against Conor and it just seems, Conor has his way when he, whenever he's got kicked before he always has this thing where he sh- shakes his head and acts like it doesn't bother him but after one round he could barely walk like what it, you're not even you're not he wasn't even trying to uh, avoid it and check the kicks it was just mm. it was like the game plan was non-existent and he walked in thinking well I'll get this out of the way quickly and then you know we've got Pacquiao coming and all these other fights coming he just didn't really give it a lot of thought and it's just after weeks of build-up and, you know, the best con we've ever seen, it's just a bigger shock that we got the worst one. Yeah, I'm not sure about this new humble Connor. Um, I mean, he, he was humble, but if on the other side of the fence he faces, say, Nate Diaz again, or Khabib, or someone who would actually, even Justin Gaethje, he's not a fan of him, you know, Justin Gaethje. Um, I think Connor would react and uh, sort of bite. So uh, it just depends on who the opponent is, and and he he obviously doesn't initiate anything this time. So people like Cowboy, very humble, never a trash talker. Same with Poirier, very humble, never a trash talker. So they wouldn't have started anything. But we 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 shall see if uh, if the next opponent maybe it's Getche or maybe Ferguson. Uh, someone like that, maybe even Chandler, but we can we can uh, talk a bit later about what's next for him. Um, yeah, in in terms of the leg kicks, and uh, it's amazed me that no one because his stance has always been wide, almost like a karate Shotokan type stance, you know, like an iron horse st- stance, yeah. where he generates his power for his left hand. Um, yeah. No one because. No one tried it because when uh, the Aldo fight happened, I mean, I know that was five years ago, whatever. And Aldo, obviously, probably the most famous um, fighter with the most devastating leg kicks. If you watch some of his uh, early UFC fights and the um, WEC, where he was champion, 
you should yeah. see. I think when he did it to, did he fight Uriah Faber? I think he did. He nearly destroyed his leg. I think yeah. Faber was hopping for about three rounds. Um, I, I was so amazed that Aldo never tried that. Well, he, he didn't get a chance, but he ran into a, a left hook. And uh, but I, I was thought he was going to dance around, kick, kick, kick. But yeah, so he surprised me that leg kicks. No one's ever tried it before. I, I think part of that is he a part of Connor's you know pre-build up to a fight was getting into guys heads and almost beating them before the fight came around that was a big part of him so I think there needs to be a fine line for him now going forward about yes okay you can be uh, humble and nicer in the outside world because before he was doing criminal acts and stuff you can be humble and a nice guy but when it comes to a fight preparation and the next couple of weeks coming up to a fight he can let loose a little bit there's history there between him and Poirier and he didn't he just went humble the entire time and I think Dustin went into it people were saying leading up to that Dustin looked nervous and he looked overwhelmed but actually when you look back he, he, he wasn't overwhelmed and he wasn't nervous because there was nothing Connell wasn't doing anything he was just being nice and you know mm-hmm. it was just it that was a whole part of Connor's thing, so I think it needs to be a fine line. You know, you can you can be, you know, a non-criminal and not ha- and not have all that going on in your private life. But then when it comes to fighting and you and you know the fight business, you can you can let loose a little bit because that was a part of your your attraction and a part of what you do. It was your mental welfare against fighters before the fight. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's, so a, I think it, it's a legitimate uh, fight weapon in in the context of promotion. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but it was uh, it, it was shocking because it was just that bad of a performance. Mm. So there were a lot of people, you know, we were expecting the best, and you got the worst. So a lot of people came crashing down. In, in saying it's a legitimate weapon in, in promotion, I, I, I feel that he went too far with Khabib, um, family, and yeah, they, all they that kind of stuff. Um, Oh, 100% the Khabib stuff was too far mm. talking about your family and where you, where you come from and your mm. religion. It was, that was, it was touching, you know, it was crossing the line there. Yeah. But you, you can, you can get into, you can get involved with mental welfare and mental yeah. fights without doing that, mm. you know. Between mm. them, it was personal at the time. You can make something a little bit more personal and, and get into people's head about being, you know. Yeah. But the, uh, the fight itself, um, as you said, the game plan from Poirier was, was obviously you know, perfect. And, uh, but he, you know, he kind of did hit him quite well early on. So he did weather, not a storm, but you know, he could have maybe Poirier wobbled early. Connor would have been all over him. But um, the, um, I mean, Poirier is a volume puncher and he has got power, you know, but he... he when you think of Poirier, you don't, you don't think knockout straight away. So it, it wasn't, um, you know, a real two-minute battering that Conor got. It was literally, I don't know, 20 seconds, seven punches, and the next thing, Conor's literally sleeping on the floor. So um, I wonder if the lifestyle of Conor is catching up. Like you said, a whiskey a day, drunk every night, plus other stuff that we hear about. So is the lifestyle catching up? Well... He, he claims to have been sober for like 12 weeks since fight camp started. He claimed that, That's what he claimed for Cowboy in this one. He claims he hasn't touched, touched a drop. That's why the embedded videos on YouTube and UFC was all, you know, based on, 
he had a proper 12 in his room ready for after the fight because he wasn't going to touch it beforehand but that, that's the thing he he performed better against Khabib while he was drinking than this one when he wasn't and he was sober and he was you know completely focused it's and I think this is his first knockout loss isn't it his first TKO loss yeah comment. the other three um, were submissions or the three yeah. or four yeah and like you said you don't you don't think of wow unbelievable power from, from Poirier so the fact that he didn't weather a storm. Connor landed a couple of good shots, but I don't think Dustin ever looked um, wobbled or worried at any point. And the fact that Connor literally had a couple of shots in the second round and then went down, I just I can't. I, I that's the one thing that is puzzling. I think you can you can you got people have lots of reasoning for the rest. You know, you can say it's his team, it's the yes men. He maybe isn't as focused as he says he is. But the fact that he just got sort of the first. Storm he had to weather in round two, he crumbled, mm. and you just don't see that from him. Usually, you see a very very calm. Even yeah. against Nate Diaz in the second fight, you storm very calmly, and then you you know goes five rounds and wins. So to see him crumble like that in round two after in the first storm against Poirier against a guy who isn't like you said isn't well known for these amazing one shot knockouts. Mm. It's uh, yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's. I don't yeah. know what's going on there, but I mean, he's trying to brush it off, but yeah, there's, there's questions. There, there's may, questions. there may be something more underlying, but you know, Connor's lifestyle, if it's been like this for three years, five years, but whatever, seven years, we, we don't know for sure. But yeah, you can be clean for 10 weeks, six weeks, but the other two years or five years, it's uh, your body doesn't really work like that. Um, and it reminds me yeah. of Chuck Liddell when he got knocked out for never, you know, never first. And then I think, um, was it Rashad Evans or was it Rampage Jackson? Anyway, he got knocked out. Then the next five fights, he got knocked out by everyone, everyone he fought. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, it was a very sudden fall. Exactly, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it could be that. It could be that. And he looked big again. He looked, he looked big and you know a lot of people were saying well he's in the best shape ever and it's like well part of his part of his his thing years ago was that he wasn't ripped and roided up he was he just had the the quick the quick striking that was accurate as hell and had like you know the lights out switch and he had the reflexes yeah yeah the reflexes when you're when you're pounding on that muscle like, like he has now and his body shape has changed and his shoulders are much broader and his arms are bigger and you can see it, that's going to change. You know, you're not going to be able to whip the shots in as quickly because you have got bigger arms, you've got bigger shoulders, you've got more muscle there. Maybe this is just a completely different fighter that we're dealing with now. Um, um, I'd like to hope that it isn't the, the, the fall from grace like, like Chuck Liddell, but it's, uh, you know the first proper test he's had since Khabib and he crumbled quickly yeah you know? yeah okay well um, that's been a good uh, review so uh, let's move on to UFC 258 and uh, Usman Burns and as we said earlier it should have been last year but it's going to happen in uh, 10 days or so and uh, I'd like to start with Burns because uh, he's had a a very good run. I think it's eight of the last fights, or maybe nine. Um, his last loss was um, when Hook, Hooker uh, TKO, TKO'd him. Yeah. Uh, he is a very good all-rounder. He's got submissions. He's got 
uh, a few knockouts, so he's a very good all-rounder. So what's your thoughts on Burns? Yeah, he's, they're both very similar. Um, they're both black belts from Virginia Jiu-Jitsu, both, I think, double uh, and NCAA wrestlers. Uh, Burns, I think, is a, was an ex-Brazilian uh, Jiu-Jitsu world champion, but now have in MMA have transitioned more and incorporated striking into their game and they're, you know, they're kind of known as all-rounders now, both of them. Um, interesting fight. You know, I think, I, th- I think Burns went to lightweight for a bit. So I think his return to welterweight, I think he's had a couple of wins at welterweight, he's been given the shot. But the win against Tyron Woodley was uh, superb and so mm. well-rounded and, you know, to, to beat an ex-champion like that, I know there's arguments that Woodley isn't, you know, his mind isn't in it anymore, but, you know, to beat a guy like that, an ex-champion, and dominate him in that that fashion, that's pretty impressive. Um, and he's probably the strongest opponent for Usman at this point. Yeah, I'm just just looking at his last uh, six wins, and uh, yeah, he's 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 on a good run, but uh, he's beat Maya, but obviously Maya's way past his peak, Damien Maya. Gunnar yeah. Nelson, yeah, he's a top 10-ish fighter. So, And Woodley, he's lost the last three, has he? And he, obviously, his uh, most recent loss, Woodley, was uh, Covington, and he looked even worse than he did against Burns. Um, so I'm just thinking, has he really had the calibre, whereas Usman's fought uh, Covington, he's fought um, Woodley to get the belt, that was two, three years ago, and he fought Masvidal, who's at the top of his game. So... I think if you're comparing two knives from uh, a competitive standpoint and who they fought caliber, I think yeah. uh, Usman is uh, is quite a bit quite far ahead. Doesn't mean he's going to win automatically, but just looking at who they beat in the last four or five fights. Yeah, it's the welterweight division is pretty pretty crowded at the moment anyway because Colby needs to have another fight first before he gets another title shot you'd think but Burns has been pushed up to number two you know he's had a couple of wins and they've sort of pushed him up to the top of the rankings because the rest of the rankings if you look Leon Edwards probably deserves it a little bit more um, but you know you've got Stephen Thompson's in Stephen Thompson in there you've obviously got Woodley still in the top ten but you know he's out of it Maya has been beaten by Burns and arguably way way past it um, and obviously Masvidal who will have another shot at some point I'm sure so Burns and Edwards are probably the next two guys to get it if Edwards can get past uh, Chimeyev, Kamzat Chimeyev. Um, That's a tough test, yeah. That is a tough test. Uh, but they're very similar. They're very similar. They're both very, very elite, like proper elite level wrestlers. Both black belt and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That could be a, a really good encounter. But I feel like Usman has the power and he's shown it on multiple occasions now and showing that power against a guy like Colby who is so accurate with his striking and mm. tore him apart for five rounds. Yeah. I, th- I think I think Burns has been pushed maybe a little bit higher than he should have been. Like you said, the caliber of the guy that he's beaten. The, uh, the only real, you know, the, the Tyron Woodley fight was the one fight where you all stepped back and went, actually, wow, that, he does look like a complete package now where he's really putting it together. Mm. But he has been beating guys who are sort of on the way downwards in their career. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. So I think... Actually, I'll save the prediction. I'll save the prediction until last. But 
But I, I think, um, interesting enough, uh, Usman's on a you know a fantastic run, at least 10 fights in a row, he's won maybe more, 12. But his, his loss in his most recent batch of fights was Jose Carreras. Um, and that was submission by a rear naked choke. So when, if I was comparing jiu-jitsu between the two, I, I would give that to Burns. Um, sort of fairly comfortably, but also the wrestling side, I would give it to Usman. So Usman's wrestling defence could keep Burns standing up and uh, Usman could... Uh, he is, you know, very good at stand-up, Usman, not, even though what Cummington was saying, but he did show he's, he's got a very good... Uh, he can absorb a shot because Cummington hit him with quite a big, uh, quite a few big shots and uh, he can give decent shots as well. Yeah, Usman looks the complete package, to be honest. There's a, there's a lot of decisions on there, which makes a, a fair few viewers viewers not the biggest fans, should we say. A lot, a lot of them say he's quite a boring guy. Um, and he's usually, you know, he's, he's quite a happy guy, Usman. He's, he never says anything bad against the other guy, apart from Colby, obviously. But that's, mm. you know, that's obvious. Um, he never says a bad word about anybody else, but... It annoys a lot of fans. You know, he gets on a lot of under a lot of fan skin because he's you know so happy and smiley, but he's quite you know grating and quite cheesy. And mm. but in the octagon, he he sort of has it all. You know, he he can throw hands if he wants. He can wrestle if needs to be. And if needs be, he can go five rounds and just tick all the boxes and win the fight comfortably. So it's it's going to take somebody spectacular to beat him. I think. I just don't. Really see that in Burns. I'd, I'd give I'd give the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling sort of maybe a tad to Burns because of his world championship mm. um, history. But like you said, Usman's defense is, is incredible, and he is an NCAA wrestler himself. So yeah, you know, I think he's probably got all the answers as well as five inches of reach advantage, and and, and he's taller by a few inches as well, mm. and probably. The, the stronger man as well but um, okay it's time for a, a prediction Matt so uh, Usman decision win yeah I think I, I'm going to go the same yeah I, I can't see it finishing it's just I, I can't see it past Usman to be honest I mean all the decisions in his his last six have been well apart from Colby but that was a TKO in the yeah. fifth round at the very very end which you you know Colby will argue he could have lasted. Um, <laughs> yeah. Such a lot of a lot of five rounds, a lot of full fights. He's. I don't think he's interested in finishing. To be honest, he's interested in just getting in there, putting on masterpieces as he'd probably call mm. them, and and walk out with the win. So yeah, who's man decision win? Yeah, yeah, I would go for a, for a decision as well. But um, okay, that's good. So um, this brings us to the third part of the podcast the third and final part which is the uh, we've got time for a couple of fan questions um, and the they're actually both related to the ones that I've picked the lightweight division so in our last last podcast we did a uh, sort of state of the the lightweight division um, so this one this question from Chris in Aberdeen Scotland um, says uh, with Chandler's obviously you know impressive uh, debut and performance against Hooker and Poirier's been saying doesn't want to 
maybe fight Chandler or whatever. Is it a case of, well, you know, instead of the lightweight division being held up, let's do Chandler versus Oliveira for the belt and forget Poirier and let him do what he wants to do? Potentially, yeah. It's The lightweight division, I think, is, is clearer now. Um, you know, because I think Khabib said, impressed me. Well, Dana said, Khabib said he wanted to be impressed by the, the, the last event. Yeah, but on, on record, you currently the lightweight division has a retired champion, but he's still champion. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and Khabib went on Washington TV and said he's done, and nothing's interesting him. So I, I would say I, I wouldn't even look at him. Um, and yeah, it's, it's got to be between the, the guys at the top there. It's got to be between, I think, Chandler. I, I think you could offer him one more fight against Charles Oliveira and not put the belt on the line. Maybe make it Gaethje Poirier for the for, for the for the belt, and then have the next one fight the winner of Oliveira and Chandler. I think if you put Chandler straight into a title fight in his second fight, and he loses, that would leave him in a very sticky situation. Because then where does he go from there? Because you know he's sort of already hit the pinnacle. He's hit the title shot within two fights, and then he's lost. Um, so from his perspective, you might want to take another one. You know, draw it out show a little bit more skill because you know it was, the hooker fight was incredible his finish over a hooker was was, yeah. was fantastic because there's always the question of you know well he's 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 looked good in Bellator but this is a different you know it's a different level of competition and he stood up to it against a, a, a game hooker um, so there's definitely people there you know the top four or five I, I wouldn't rule out Ferguson either as well um, even though he has had a couple of bad ones um, but he hasn't had this sort of dip in his career before, so you, you always think there's probably maybe mm. a, another another run to come for him. So there's definitely guys there. You, yeah. you could easily do, do a little, you know, a, a mini mini tournament. Exactly. Yeah, there there is a pool of uh, five top guys that sort of each matchup has an intriguing uh, element to it. You know, an intriguing attraction. You could you could even do. Um, Gaethje versus McGregor even Chandler versus McGregor uh, obviously like you said Poirier he should be fighting for the belt but he's making noises about he doesn't want to or fight Nate Diaz or uh, so yeah there's a, there's a lot of fights you can, and Ferguson as you said you can't forget him you could you could match up and they could be a main event in their own right yeah it's in a weird split in the lightweight division it probably is the best division in the world as Dana says but then if you look down the rankings, you've got a lot of guys who are now on losing streaks and can't really get a win anywhere. And the top guys are all the winners, you know. So it's, I think what Poirier is, is touching on, because he doesn't want another title shot straight away, I think it's because he knows he's already lost once. So if you lose again for the title, that's, that's two title losses in a couple of years. Like, where do you go from there? Do you do you really have a legitimate call to rebuild? And you know he's he's not old by any stretch, but he's getting to the later stages in his career. So two title losses and then rebuilding that's going to be a lot for him. Uh, the other guys are pretty young and you know are, are more up and coming and are newer names, so to speak. So they've probably got more time to do it. But yeah, I mean Dana never likes to say the word mini tournament. Mm. You know, Bellator and stuff, they always have these Grand Prix and 
other promotions have the Grand Prix and the tournaments and they're happy yeah. to put a label on it. But Daniel doesn't like to put a label on it, which is weird. He never likes to put, you know, never likes to commit to it. I think um, at the Connor press conference, uh, one of the reporters stood up and said, I'm going to be your uh, ambassador for the tournament and I'm going to lay out the tournament here and chucked in a load of names. And Dana's response was kind of like, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> like he'll never commit to it. But yeah. you could easily do a tournament there and it'd be, it'd be a, a hell of a watch. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, sort of. You could have said the um, the last card, the main event and the co-main event, that could have been a mini-tournament. Um, or, you know, the winner's fight for the belt. That would have been a great backstory. But uh, I'd make it. It's, yeah. it I, I actually forgot what the main point of the question was, so I do apologise. But it's what I would say is I'm not too bothered about who the champion is there who gets the title fight I think they all probably, the, the top four especially have all a claim to it so I mm. don't really mind who gets the title fight first I don't mind who gets the number one contender in inverted commas fight just put them all in one just get get one booked you know get those four booked in against one or the other and yeah. call it a tournament or don't call it a tournament it'll be you know it'll be hella fun mm. I, I would um be more straightforward and just put two guys for the belt. If Poirier doesn't want to do it, fine, sit on the sideline. And Chandler looks like he wants to do it, and uh, Oliveira does. So I would just say, yeah, clarity and uh, a clear demarcation of he's the champion, Khabib's retired, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, we got another question, Matt, and um, this is from Carlos. Uh, Martinez from Uruguay quite simply fairly straightforward question should McGregor retire (laughs) (laughs) from a from a fighting standpoint maybe but from a point a standpoint of look at who he is look at the name look at the star power that it brings look at the fanfare around him whenever he does fight even when he comes back from a loss he's done it before where he's come back from a, a heavy loss and returned around and had the same fanfare as before you'd probably say he could continue mm. like I, I think this fight has hurt his chances of the massive fight against uh, Pacquiao I think that's hurt that chance um, but he could easily rebuild if, if, he is, if he is true about what he said about being uh, a game fighter again, motivated, ready to fight anybody. This loss shouldn't hurt him, and he should turn around and say, "Okay, well, I'll go down the pecking order a little bit and fight somebody a little bit lower down." If if that's true, mm. like you know, having do, fight. Do you think his ever. ego would let him do that? Probably not. But that, that's what we've been hearing from him. You know, oh, I'm game. I'll fight anybody. If if Poirier pulls out tomorrow, I'll fight anybody else who wants to step in. So if if he is true, then put him in a fight against somebody like. Kevin Lee, mm. somebody like that, or, or or a Tony Ferguson if you want to go higher up, or uh, a Paul Felder. Like he he had a he, he shouted at Paul Felder after his Cowboy win. He said, you know, I'll, I'll fight that fool at the desk. Mm. Put that fight together, see mm. how he does. Yeah, I th- so he probably shouldn't retire if he if he is true in what he says. You know, he said he's game, he's ready to fight anybody. So let's put that to the test. Offer him uh, like a co-main slot against Kevin Lee or a co-main slot against mm. Paul Felder. See how he, you know, 
Well, be, before this, uh, before the Poirier fight, he, he mentioned co-main event. I think they were going to UFC were going to give give him a short uh, notice fight or a or a fight on a card, and he said they wanted to offer him uh, offer me co-main, and he, and he said, I'm sure he said this. He said I'm not a co-main, but that was before the loss, obviously, the build-up. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think you're right. I can't remember what he if he mentioned anything else, but yeah. I think he. I think he said that he was he was willing to do anything mm. to fight. I think that was last year. I think that that's what he was regarding. I think they offered him like a co-main slot in sort of like March and last year before COVID really hit. Mm. Um, but it, you know, like if he's if he's if he is in that mindset, give him that sort of slot because after a, a heavy loss against the top guy, that probably does put you in that kind of you know maybe a main a main event. But definitely a co-main against a lower down guy, and he can build that fanfare. We know what he's like. You know, I ranted a bit earlier. But that's just because I think I'm a bit hurt about what happened. Um, you know, let's just see. Let's just see what where his mind, mindset is. Dana knows. But I could easily see him just walking into the distance with his hundred mil in his back pocket, and yeah, you know, <laughs> become a big, bigger name in whiskey and his other business ventures. Yeah. And, and he could do that he's built that life for him he could easily leave fighting behind and earn mm. millions and millions each year so now it is purely a case of does he have that passion to get back mm. I think that that's what it comes down to is, is what is his motivation it's, it's not money obviously probably not fame he couldn't get more famous especially a few years ago um, and uh, yeah is it just personal pride once a fighter always a fighter or is it um, personal pride or it's 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 hard to see that um, unless with the the knockout from uh, Poirier you know it is a concussion concussion um, depends on his lifestyle only he will know if his body's bearing up to the rigors of training so maybe that could sort of retire him but uh, it's motivation. It's hard to see what what would motivate him to uh, to keep going. Yeah, and it's just uh, you know before, before the fight he was so like I said before he, you know it, it looked like he was looking past Poirier and everybody was expecting the Conor win and then he'll go on to probably fight for the belt in some shape or form and if he won that he was going to be the title holder once again and. It's going to be back to the old ways, uh, but this loss against Poirier is kind of, you know, it's shut down everything. All the fans of all the all the expectation that's gone. Uh, there's a picture flying around of uh, Poirier having his hand raised in the octagon, and you saw Dana's face in the background. He looked like he was like he was, he looked like he was angry mm. at Poirier winning, and you probably would be. You'd want your biggest star in the history to win, and when it doesn't, you now know you're not going to be getting the. Yeah, next. especially like, like like you said earlier that Connor seemed to be motivated, got his head together, and called this year a season. So that would have meant at least three more Connor fights, and you know one of them would have been surely for the belt. Yeah, it's and you're not going to get that huge pay per view. I'm not sure mm. how this pay per view did, but you know with a Connor, I think event, I think he did really well. I'm sure I read 1.6, which is one of the top five or three or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's the top five. That's, yeah. you know, that might even be top top two or top three. Um, mm. 
but so you, you know you're guaranteed one one million plus, plus at the very minimum. Yeah, yeah. With Poirier, you know, he proved with Khabib they only got like three hundred thousand views. Mm. Um, so it's just you know from business standpoint, they're probably disappointed. Yeah, the fans are obviously disappointed. Mm. Well, half half are over the moon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's what is what is wrong. I mm. think they really need to go out to the drawing board. He's going to be out for six months at least because he got TKO'd. Mm. If he if he's serious about this being a season, you should expect him back around September, October, November time. You know, if COVID sorts itself, you know, there's vaccines out and everything. If they're allowed, sort of fans back in. Yeah. Maybe go for the MSG card uh, in New York City in November time. You might see him back. But they need to look at things. They need to see what really went wrong because it's just alarm bells would be ringing, right? If Dane is saying he's the best ever. Connor mm. saying he and genuinely believes that he's the best ever. All his coaches were going all on public, all on media, saying this is the best, mm. and you get beaten that badly. Yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, the way he got beaten. So the next fighter, I mean, leg kicks is obviously a skill, but you don't have to be a super skilled fighter to to throw out leg kicks. So it's quite a basic move. Um, but also, as uh, I said earlier, you know he's, he got knocked out. It wasn't three rounds of a beating, then got knocked out. It wasn't even 30 seconds of a continuous beating. He just three or four punches, and suddenly he was on the on the floor on the canvas. So uh, other he's fighters, very good at hiding it. yeah, he's very he, and he, he's done it in the past because he uh, he he had a, a knee injury for the Aldo fight which he hid from UFC officials for months and months. And uh, another fight, was it the Cowboy fight where, you know, he had the infamous quote, my, my foot was a balloon leading up to the fight. So he's had fight, he's had injuries in the, in the past, but he's hidden well. And you didn't see in round two, you didn't really see him limping, but as soon as he got knocked out and he stood up, he was literally leaning on his coaches that he couldn't put any weight on it. Mm. So that's, that is strong. Like he, he was that hurt, but he could then fight and was still putting weight on it. That's impressive. But, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's just crazy. I don't know why. Do you think he's still uh, still coachable? I mean, it doesn't seem like it to me. What could you say to Connor? You know, um, I, I I don't think he's coachable. Um, no, no, I, I don't think so. Well, I, I touched on it earlier. Maybe he's, maybe this team that he has been with forever is now turned into the yes men. Mm-hmm. They can't really say, oh, no, Connor, I think you should do this. I think he knows what he's doing, or he thinks he knows what he's doing, and then that's it. He'll tell them, and then they'll do they'll act on what he says. Yeah. I think maybe... maybe and and if he tra- a, turns up for training one day, fine. If he doesn't the next day, they're not going to say anything. Yeah. It's, I think he needs a bit of a tough love situation in this, in um, you know, mm. around now. It yeah. wasn't good enough, Connor, and you need to, you know, buck your ideas up in some yeah. sort of way. I'm not a fighter and I'm not a trainer, so I don't know what to say about that, but <laughs> they need to do something. Yeah, okay. So that brings us to the to the end of the podcast. Uh, so this has been the MMA Shower previewing UFC 258, Burns versus uh, Usman versus Burns, February the 13th. Um, and yes, looking looking forward to the, to the main event and... Um, uh, yeah, thank you, Matt, for uh, for being the co-host as usual. Good opinions and thoughts, and uh, I know you was hurting that kind of loss, but uh, at least you got a chance to vent it out. 
Yeah, I haven't actually. I actually haven't spoke about it since since the fight. I've got a couple of buddies who who all watch MMA with. I haven't spoke about it. I was I was that annoyed. Um, but like I said, it wasn't. It's, I'm not a hype train kind of guy. I I was a fan since the start because that's why mm. I transferred over to UFC from WWE. Mm. But I live tweeted it on at purely MMA on Twitter. I live tweeted that event. I'll be live tweeting this next event. There's only three fights, which is weird. Mm. So I probably won't be live tweeting the main event. Um. But yeah, there was a lot of angry and frustrated tweets from purely MMA on the Connor fight. But head up, move forward, and uh, yeah, you know, a new day, a new UFC event, and uh, fresh hope <laughs> and good fights for all of us. Indeed, and um, the card on March the sixth, I believe, UFC two five nine has got three title fights, I believe. Um, so uh, that should be will be a good one to uh, to talk about as well. But um, that'll be a bumper edition for sure. Yeah. Um, so this has been the the MMA Shower sponsored by Hatton James Legal. The MMA Shower sponsored by Hatton James Legal. Go to HattonJamesLegal.co.uk for all your employment leads needs and uh, for your podcast fix. Go to SRBMedia.co.uk. SRBMedia.co.uk co.uk thank you for listening and wherever you are in the world good evening good afternoon good morning and uh, all the best and uh, stay safe thank you